I started with those orange sunshines, the Mad Hatters, the Alice in Wonderlands. Usually, the visions come after you take LSD, but not at Mark McLeod's house. The first one I remember being collectible was this little Saturn silkscreen. And then I was able to obtain a whole sheet that wasn't dipped, you know? And so then it was easier to frame it and put it up. Some people call it the Blotter Barn, or by its more cryptic name, the Institute of Illegal Images. And what makes these images illegal is not what's on them, but what's in them. Because these particular works of art are all made up of many tiny tabs of LSD. And all those tabs bear skillful imagery made by artists from all around the world. Experienced visually, they really just look like art. But experienced personally, well, that's something else entirely. In search of the host, we come to LSD. I'm Dylan Thuris, and this is Atlas Obscura, a celebration of the world's strange, incredible, and wondrous places. Today, we're going to San Francisco to visit a one-of-a-kind art collection and meet its one-of-a-kind curator. Like great art, it has the same potential of changing your mind. That's after this. When was the last time I took a road trip? How many national parks could I hit in two weeks? What about hotels? Wait, hey, Erica, how much am I spending on travel? When your questions about life turn into questions about money, there's Erica, the virtual financial assistant to help you spend, save, and plan smarter. Only from Bank of America. What would you like the power to do? Erica is only available in the English language. You must download the latest version of the mobile banking app, only available on select mobile devices. Your chat may be recorded and monitored for quality assurance. Message and data rates and additional terms may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. For your next vacation spot, check out Texas for their vast landscape of culture, regions, destinations, and activities. Explore 350 miles of coastline and every kind of hiking trail, from strenuous to wheelchair accessible. Enjoy world-famous barbecue and Tex-Mex, and check out thrilling cowboy experiences. Travel Texas even offers an online trip builder that allows users to generate a custom, visually-led trip matched to their unique interests. Visit TravelTexas.com slash GetYourOwn to get the only trip to Texas that matters. Yours. According to Mark McLeod, the origins of blotter art come from the criminalization of LSD. LSD was originally distributed as a liquid before becoming illegal in all 50 states. After 1966, underground drug dealers started using something called blotter sheets. They'd dip these paper sheets in LSD and let them dry. Then they'd cut it up and sell it that way. Pretty soon, they were printing artwork onto these blotter sheets. And eventually, artists were designing images specifically for the blotter sheets. They were fun little codes, clues as to where the blotter might have come from and who might have made it. And it's all this blotter art that Mark McLeod collects and displays in the blotter barn. The barn is just a, 
a skeletal formation of the entire history of Blotter, which has a very small history from November 1968 to current. And I tried to get examples that spread across. I put the first hit up there, and I tried to uh, have a skeletal formation that you can hang more flesh on. Each blotter sheet is divided into perforated tabs, or hits. And each tab, it's about a quarter of an inch across. Sometimes a portrait is spread out among several tabs on the same sheet, like a mosaic or a multi-piece puzzle. Other times, an entire image fits within one tiny tab. And it's best seen beneath a magnifying glass. Either way, the images from many different artists are impressively detailed and precise. There's a portrait of the pharaoh, of Mikhail Gorbachev, an ornate picture of Alice peeking through the looking glass. These are just some of the tens of thousands of images on display. Mark doesn't even have a full count. For him, LSD is something like a religion. And so he told us another theory about where blotter art comes from. I don't know if you've ever had a host. Mark's talking about the host, the little sacramental bread that's part of communion in the Catholic Church. Which is the little round wafer that is given out as the body of Christ. And on one side, they always put the symbol of the Holy Ghost, which is usually a bird flying at you through an electromagnetic field. And then on the back, they always put the parish of origin where the host was made. In search of the host, we come to LSD. Mark's fascination with art and imagery actually started thanks to LSD. As a young man, he was on track to go to medical school to become a doctor. But before that could happen... Several experiences with LSD led me away from medicine into the arts. I uh, avoided the draft by um, uh, going to Paris and uh, attending the museum school there, the Louvre. And then uh, when Jimmy Carter pardoned us draft dodgers, I returned to California and got my uh, master's degree at UC Davis in uh, 1977 and then moved to San Francisco, where I've been doing my art since then. The master's degree he got was in photography. And when you step into the blotter barn, the first thing you see is a collection of photographs that Mark took. You'll see very large uh, uh, photographs, forensic photographs of one-quarter-inch blotter hits. Welcome to the foyer. Please note the forensic evidence. These first artworks aren't actually the blotter sheets themselves, but incredibly detailed close-up photos of them. This serves two purposes. First, Mark says they're more accessible to visitors who don't want to proceed to see the real thing. But there's another element to it as well. Because to go to court against the Drug Enforcement Agency, you need better forensic photos than theirs. And he would know. According to Mark, he's the only person ever acquitted twice on charges of conspiracy to manufacture and distribute LSD. We asked him if any of the sheets in his collection were still dosed with the illegal substance. Uh, None of them are illegal unless they're dipped in LSD. Um, Even the dipped ones, by exposing them to light, 
and ultraviolet uh, heat and ultra oxygen, um, they neutralize. They turn from an LSD-25 to a substance called iso-LSD, a non-controlled substance. And so then in my disclaimer, when I did the first blotter show in 1987, my disclaimer said, I have brought these to light and oxygen to neutralize them for the safety of my viewers. And also, if you try to swallow these, you'll choke on the frames. He's not really sure what all the fuss is about to begin with. Like uh, stamp collecting, a lot of people don't know about it. It is, in fact, a lot like stamp collecting. Slightly arcane, slightly obsessive, the same even down to the sheets of perforated paper. Though in this case, the stamps were once highly illegal. And the blotter designs themselves tend to be a bit more unusual than your average commemorative stamp. My first great favorite was the uh, Tetragrammaton from 1975. Uh, was the actual magical implement used to, uh, you know, go from death to life and back again. He's describing a print of a star studded with Hebrew letters spelling out the name of God. There's a pair of eyes at the top of the star. But what's really incredible is that the artwork is tiny, crammed into a space actually significantly smaller than a standard stamp. Another of Mark's favorites is a teeny, tiny, micro, all-pink portrait of Albert Hoffman, the Swiss chemist who discovered LSD. From 1984, 20 hits of um, Albert holding a little test tube. And it says, father of LSD, pure. And this one really does look like a stamp. So do some of Mark's other favorites. The Mad Hatter gets a lot of oohs and ahs, and then the uh, Alex Gray Jesus people love to. It's a trippy portrait of Jesus glowing in front of a technicolor backdrop. And it's by the famous psychedelic artist Alex Gray. Jesus' arms are spread out across perforated acid tabs that if you weren't looking for them, you wouldn't even know were there. Mark's made his own blotter art. I started with those orange sunshines, and then I went on to the Felix, the Beavis and Buttheads, and many, many others, the Timmy Learys, the Mad Hatters. And from the perspective of one art scholar, Mark's collection is totally essential because no one is doing anything else like it. He was this national treasure. He was way ahead of the curve. He was way ahead of the curve. That's Joseph Zimmerman, a curator at the Fort Wayne Museum of Art in Indiana. He collaborated with Mark on a museum show about blotter art. I couldn't believe that someone thought this stuff was illegal. For Mark McLeod, that reaction is pretty much mission accomplished. Because I'm trying to demystify it and uh, bring it to light. Maybe one of the most interesting things about the blotter art is that it was never intended to last. No one thought their images would be sitting around in frames for visual consumption. It was made with the express purpose of disappearing into mouths and minds. Art made to be experienced in the most intense way possible. So there are some pieces of blotter art that Mark will never be able to add to his collection. The really good ones are all eaten. <laughs> and that's the unique 
uh, quality of uh, blotter arts, you know, is the really, really great ones are all gone. <laughs> because in each and every blotter sheet is not just a work of visual art, but both a kind of documentation and invitation to an experience. It's the content of life that man's fascinated with, not just the form. So then if you want all the beautiful images in your life to have some meaning, (laughs) you will always be guided towards the imagery that has the most content. And that content is multiplied best by dipping it in LSD. (laughs) If you want to visit, the Institute of Illegal Images is free, but open by appointment only. And it's best to make an appointment well in advance. So contact info can be found on the Atlas listing online. Thank you so much to Mark McLeod and Joseph Zimmerman for taking the time to talk to us about this story. This podcast is a co-production of Atlas Obscura and Witness Docs. Our production team includes Doug Baldinger, Chris Naka, Camille Stanley, Sarah Wyman, John Delore, and Peter Clowney. Our theme and end credit music is by Sam Tyndall. This episode was mixed by Luz Fleming. This episode was reported by Matthew Taub. Is there anything else you'd like to add? I would just say that as these difficult times uh, envelop your life, remember that it's a very beautiful play that's preparing you for your leading role. Okay. I appreciate those words. I'm Dylan Thuris, wishing you all the wonder in the world. Witness Docs from Stitcher. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream is a total chocolate game changer. We start with unbelievably creamy dark chocolate ice cream. Then we add different chocolate treats like chocolate cookies, chocolate cake, or chocolate brownies to make four decadent chocolate flavors. Because sometimes the thing that pairs best with chocolate (laughs) is more chocolate. Tillamook Chocolate Collection Ice Cream. Extraordinary Dairy. The world isn't wide enough for those with an insatiable desire for discovery. The all-new 2024 Lincoln Nautilus Hybrid SUV offers the power and freedom to explore further and deeper than ever before. Intuitive, smart features ensure they are always connected to the road ahead. Inside, a thoughtfully designed cabin immerses you in a universe that is all your own. The larger-than-life panoramic display spans the entire width of the cabin. It's customizable and interactive. Drivers can even personalize their backgrounds with a series of nature-inspired themes. This vehicle signals the arrival of an exciting new chapter for Lincoln. Discover more about the 2024 Lincoln Nautilus at Lincoln.com.